and love coach Nikki Lee. Today we are going to talk about your own brand of sexy. Now we all know that the media and everybody else has their own perception and their own ideal of what's sexy. And let's be honest, who in the world can fit that ideal. You know, come on. Unless you're a size two and unless you're blonde hair, blue eyes, and perfect, nobody fits that. I mean, seriously. And who wants to be? I mean, size two? (laughs) At my skinniest, I wasn't a size two. I probably wasn't even born a size two. So anyway, today we're going to talk about how to create and be your own brand of sexy. And to talk about that, I have got Dr. Susan Edelman with me today. Let me just tell you a little bit about her. She is a psychiatrist and an adjunct clinical associate professor at Stanford. Now, this this is a little bit of how she introduces herself. She says, over the last 30 years of private practice, she's realized a dangerous trend. Despite advances, women across generations still struggle with having a voice and standing up for themselves. We think it's getting better, but it's not. The same struggle is why women don't get what they want from men. It's painful. In many cases, it stops them from getting what they want out of life. That's why she wrote, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, A New Sexual Revolution for Women. I want to support the women who walk through my office door and still need a helping hand. Now, with the book, she's able to help a whole lot more women. I'm hoping I can call you Susan. Absolutely. Please do. I am thrilled to have you with me today. We are are going to share some awesome information. I've, I've looked over the questions we got prepared, and I mean, I am so excited about this interview. Well, I'm so excited, too, and it's great to be with you, Nikki. You covered on so many things that I, I say to people and I've thought before, and I just, man, this needed to be written. It really did. Well, I felt like somebody needed to write it, so I'm glad you feel the same way. Thank you so much. Well, like I said, I, I don't know what, I, I was too young for the first sexual revolution, and I don't know what they were planning for with it, but, man, this it, it, it hasn't been accomplished yet. <laughs> What I think needs to happen has not happened yet. <laughs> so I agree with you that, that we need another one, and we either need to plan it better or execute it better. One of the two needs to happen. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I think we have a better group of people to execute it better this time. <laughs> so. Well, a lot was changing in the 60s all at once, too. So now we have a little more perspective since it's later about what, how to tweak it, too. Hmm. 
All right. Well, oh, maybe, maybe. Okay. Maybe that'll. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. Maybe we'll have some more insights by the end of the show too. You never know. That'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. And and we're we're gonna have a recording and a replay of it. So that in case we need to share it with anybody, we'll have it immortalized. How about that? Oh, that's really <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Is there anything with um your uh? Bio, introduce yourself that you'd like to add for the listeners first before we dive into questions. Because like I said, I've had the questions I want to, I want to talk to you about. Uh, no, I think you covered it. I really wanted to write a book that would help the women who would never show up in my office because some of these problems are so common with women across generations. It's a big concern. Definitely. Hey, and, and to the men listening, we're going to talk about you guys too because it's I think there's a lot of these things that face women just because the society and the media and all that hammer women so hard. But we are going to talk about the guys because you you all deal with a lot, some of this also. So don't think we're going to leave you guys out of the conversation. We talked about that beforehand and agreed we're going to include you all too. Definitely. So, Men don't have it any better in this new age. They don't. It, it, everybody's confused. It just, you know, I think the more... The more things change for women, the more it impacts men, too. So don't think we don't understand that. We do realize that it's an issue for everybody. Well, and I noticed, too, you've got a section in there about, you know, teenagers, you know, and even younger than teenagers. It's ridiculous. It impacts everybody. So, so it's great that we're talking about it because the more people who are aware of the problem, the more they can make decisions in a more conscious way instead of just doing what they think they should do. Where do I want to start? My goodness. (laughs) Tell you what, let's start with the five guidelines to being your own brand of sexy. What are the guidelines? That's great. So so let me just give you an overview before I get into the guidelines because not everybody understands what it means. So I see being your own brand of sexy as like figuring out what you want what works for you as an individual, and what strategies will help you achieve your relationship goals, whatever they may be. So it's like, you know, it gets you what you want because it's like having a GPS when you're lost in a strange new city. It helps you stay on course, you know, so you can find your way. And so here are those guidelines. The first one is you always have a choice. Because a lot of people feel like, well, they've got to do what their best friend or their mother or their boyfriend says, and they don't think, well, I, I don't have to do what this person wants. I can figure it out for myself. The second one is media and peer pressure solutions might not be right for you. So this is about really trying to figure out what are the messages we get from society that says, you know, you should be a certain way that may be limiting our options and the way we see ourselves. And the third thing is slow can be sexy. I think in a, in a sexualized society, a lot of times we think well, what we see on television or what we hear other people are doing or what we see in the movies is the norm. And, you know, it may, it may not work out very well to jump into bed with somebody before you know them. In fact, it frequently is a big problem, but it also kind of blows up relationships more quickly. So taking it slow can actually be sexier sometimes. 
And then number four is your voice matters. So that's encouraging women and men to stand up for what they want in ways that are most likely to be effective. And number five is if a guy isn't respecting your voice, move on. So a lot of times, especially women, but men too, are hoping, oh, you know, maybe if I explain it better, you know, they'll do what I want. And usually, you know, that's not the problem. So sometimes you just have to move on and cut your losses if a person isn't really getting what you need. You know, too many times it seems people are like, you know, if if the person's interested or they're paying attention to me or you think they're paying attention to me, they'll they'll stick around whether it's working or not. And, and we were just kind of talking about this yesterday, and it's like it, it doesn't matter if it's working. It doesn't matter if they're happy. It doesn't matter if anything's going right. They'll just stick around because it's it, it's kind of comfortable. It's I, I don't want to start over, so I'm just going to stay in it even though I'm not happy. I don't really love the person, but I'm just going to stay here mm-hmm. anyway. It's hard and, to let go. It's yeah, hard to be alone. There's there's all the excuses. I don't want to. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to have. Maybe there. I don't deserve any better. This is you know. This is the familiar. I've got someone that's better than no one. You know. There's all these things we tell ourselves. You know. Or or family members do the. Well, you've got somebody. You're probably not going to find any better. Just stay there. There's all these reasons people give themselves to just stay in a situation that's not healthy or not good or whatever. And I, I don't know. It just there's, just seems like there's just way too much of that kind of thing going on with people. There is. But, I think a lot of women make excuses for men, too. They make excuses for men, and maybe they feel like they can't stand up for what they want. Right. And, so it's hard to know in the situation you're talking about have these people actually tried to stand up for themselves and it still doesn't work, or are they just kind of holding it in and not trying to stand up for what they want? I think right. uh, there are a lot of women especially who just have trouble saying no, so they kind of go along with things they're not happy about and they resent it, and they don't necessarily pull back and you know, say, no, I don't want to come over late at night, or no, you know, I'm not interested in a in having casual sex if you won't commit. Well, and and there's a way to to say certain things like that. It's the way you approach certain things. But I, I love I love the point, and and I'm I haven't finished the entire book, but I'm loving the part I've read so far, and I like the part about is is the person listening to your voice? You know, are they hearing what you're saying to them? And and, and it's okay to say no. And I, I went through this with somebody recently, and they're they're saying this kind of thing. I'm like, okay, this you're you're not hearing what I'm saying to you, and you need to start hearing me, or you're not going to hear anything I have to say because I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make this really easy for you. <laughs> you need to start hearing me, or we're just going to talk. It's that simple, you know. So, and it's that kind of thing. It's like, and and I'm like, you know, to people you usually talk to. Respond to this approach. (laughs) I don't know. It's just it. It's amazing what people just think is okay in the dating world. It really is. Well, that's true. People are all struggling to figure themselves out and what works for them. So you can be going out with somebody who's at a very different place than you are. That's it. Yeah. So 
let's let's go a little bit more into this. Finding your own brand of sexy. When when a person does that, and like I said, we're going to talk about that in a lot more detail in the, in the next 45, 50 minutes. How does that help them get what they want? Because ultimately we should all have a goal of getting what we want and need in life. Okay? So so how does this developing our own and getting our own brand of sexy, how does this get us to the goal of getting what we want and need in life? Well, it helps people clarify where they're going, first of all, because some people are dating without a clear idea of what they want. Do they want a relationship or do they just want to be treated better by men or women? You know, I think that's part of the problem sometimes is we just sort of go with the flow and think, well, you know, whatever. I don't have to decide that for a while or something, but it really helps if you have a little more of an idea of where you're going so that you do get what you want. And, and I think the other thing is that kind of knowing how to get there or at least to keep you on track really keeps you moving forward because a lot of people that I've seen repeat the same mistakes in their relationship and it's harder to break out of that if you're not clear where you want to end up and how to get that. So it's sort of like setting a goal and trying to get to get there on this path that might be kind of long, right? And right. frustrating and discouraging. Dating can be really tough with the rejection and people not understanding you. So in order to really reach your goal, the clearer you are about it and the more you know about how to get there, the better, you know, you're, the more likely you are to actually reach it. That's true. You know, when you're reaching out to people and you're, and you're looking for somebody to go out with and, and they say, so, so what are you looking for and, and you know, what, what, what's your goal with, with going out, you, you should have an answer for that. <laughs> well, you should have an answer for that. And you don't necessarily always want to tell the other person exactly what it is. Um, you know, I think, I think for depending on who it is and how well you know them. I mean, sometimes I think some women are more comfortable being completely upfront, and other women are a little too eager, and it comes off that way with men. And so they maybe have to play it cool a little bit more. And sometimes I think there's a way of trying to figure that out in terms of what works for you or not Um, because I think some women are like well I want to have three kids and I want to do it before I'm X age and you know that can be kind of threatening for a guy who you just met (laughs) well I'm thinking as far as if you're looking for something casual if you're looking for something serious yes absolutely I think that is you know if you're not looking for anything casual it's good to be clear with that yeah because I mean, if, if you're looking for something casual, or you're looking for something serious, then you're looking you're you're definitely looking for someone or something different. So, and and that up front would would make a difference to the person. So, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, what are three common mistakes that women make that allow men to treat them badly? I think that's a very important question and very important for people to be aware of. Well, you know, we touched on this a little bit. I think one one thing that women do is they make excuses for men. So whether it's, oh, you know, 
he's busy, but he's got a really stressful job, and I don't get to see him as much as I like, but I know he's really busy, or whether he's late all the time for dates, and he got stuck in traffic, to the whole thing about he won't commit, but he had such a bad breakup. So these aren't helpful things for women to do, to make these kind of excuses for guys, because... And, you know, you wonder, do women have trouble feeling like they deserve it? Or or like you said, Nikki, are there other issues about having to move on that right. get in their way? But I think that's one of the big ones. And the other one is that they don't say no to things that they don't want. So if a guy invites them to come over to his place late at night and they kind of resent it, but they go anyway, well, that that isn't really standing up for yourself. So right. that's the kind of thing where you you don't even have to answer the phone if the guy calls you late at night, you know. So right. it's um, there are all kinds of ways that we can say no to things that um, don't even involve like a big old conversation. And I think right. the, thir- the third thing that women do that I think is really a big problem um, and different is that they don't appreciate the nice things that men do for them. And right. I've talked to a lot of women who... They're uncomfortable if guys do nice things for them. They feel like, well, if a guy helps them with something, does that mean they're not independent or or self-sufficient, like it's a threat? I've talked to men who told me they opened a woman's door for them, and one guy told me he got slapped when he did it. I mean, mean, they're just trying to be nice. So uh, we need to be able to appreciate the nice thing men's the nice things men do for us because that encourages them to keep being nice to us we want that yeah I, I, I'm, you know that one leaves me speechless you know come on <laughs> i have no problem with chivalry none whatsoever i'm perfectly capable of opening the door myself but you know what somebody wants to open the door for me have at it <laughs> Just wow! I have no issues with that whatsoever. You know what? And a couple of things you said made me think of this. Did you ever watch the Golden Girls? Yes. Okay. Okay. And we all know Blanche's reputation on the TV show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, she was she was a blast. She was a lot of fun. Okay. Did you ever see the one where she dated the guy who wanted to take it slow? I don't remember. There, there was only one episode like that. It, you know, it, it's hard to forget this one. But he wanted to take it slow. And she was, she thought he didn't like her because he, he didn't kiss her and he didn't want to have sex with her. And she was, she was really confused. She really thought he didn't like her. And so she broke up with him. And and he, he came over and he says, he says, I just wanted to take it slow. And he, she's sitting there beside him, you know. And he, he, he says, you know, I just want to caress your cheek, you know, and he rubs his hand down her cheek and, you know, take it slow and kiss you. And he says, but, you know, if that's not good enough, he says, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then he, he, he gives her just the, you know, he comes back and he gives her this, this nice kiss. And and he says, you know, we can start over. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so um, Betty White comes in and she says, you know, how do you feel about this? And she says, I feel like a lady, you know, and, and, and it was, it was all different, but she realized that, that, you know, maybe, maybe this was something she would enjoy, you know, maybe just hopping into bed with, with every Tom, Dick and Harry wasn't the way to go. And, and she realized that she felt really special being treated this way and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was just, it was a neat contrast for the character and to see, 
see her realize the difference in the way she was being treated, and then she really enjoyed it. So it was, it was just, it was a really cool episode to see the difference in her character, kind of thing. I'm gonna so, have to look for that rerun. It was, it was neat. Like I said, it was, it was just neat. The, the man was uh, a widower, and he'd only been with one person ever in his life, and it was just, like I said, it was, it was a cool, cool episode. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the research does show that women feel more desired when the guy's putting in more effort to pursue them. Um, so I think these trends toward casual sex aren't doing good things for romance and for either sex, really. Because, you know, we're missing the pursuit and the feeling desired, and the guys are missing, you know, getting to chase us and make us happy and that kind of thing. So so we're missing a little bit of the chemistry what people might have had in the old days. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. But, well, I mean, you know, there's there's just something so awesome about any kind of intimacy and sex with a person that you have a connection with, you know. Once, once you've got that connection with the person, it's just so much better, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, just just saying, just put it out there. <laughs> so. That's so true, and uh-huh. I think a lot of women think they do have a connection with someone when they maybe don't know them all that well to know, too. Right, and and a connection doesn't mean you talk to them twice on Facebook. But I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> or that you have a really good one date, you know. It, it, yeah. may, it may be that you need more than that to get to know a person. Well, I, I want to start a, a campaign that Facebook have more than just your friends or you're in a relationship, okay? You, you, there, there, need, there needs to be, like, you know, dating and a relationship are two separate things. Oh, <laughs> <So laughs> uh, that's, yeah, pet peeve of mine. That <laughs> that's interesting. Well... Yeah. Well, I mean, you you see people and they've been talking to each other and, you know, they they were friends. They weren't friends yesterday. They are friends today. And then, you know, by by tonight they're in a relationship. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) 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 Uh, Let me see. Okay. Now, speaking of all these things, many women aren't really sure when it's time to have sex with a new man. So what are some critical questions that a woman should ask herself? And, okay, the men may not like this part of the, of the program, but <laughs> stick with us there, okay? Stick with us. So what are critical questions that every woman should ask herself before she thinks about having sex with a new guy? Well, I think the number one most important question is, does he want what I want? And you kind of touched on that earlier. You know, you want to know him well enough to know if you have the same goals for the relationship. Do you both want something serious or does one or both of you want a casual fling and you know I think a lot of people feel awkward discussing this topic and if they don't feel like they can talk about it maybe they're just not ready to have sex with the person yet because you really want to get the answers you need so you're not sorry later and even though the man might prefer the woman go ahead and have sex with him it's not fun to have a woman who's real mad at you or feels like you lied to her either so um, it may be better for both sexes, really. The second question I think that would be good to ask is, how am I going to feel if we have sex and he disappears? And maybe this sounds negative, but it's an important thing to ask because I think we're getting the message from society that we should be able to brush off any feelings that we have about 
being feeling rejected by a man that someone's had sex with because, you know, modern women don't have these problems, but we really built for attachment, men and women. So uh, I can't tell you, Nikki, how many women have said, you know, what's wrong with me that I get so attached after having casual sex? But the problem is not, not them. The problem is our society's kind of asking us to go against the way we're um, built. I think it's just important to be honest with yourself and protect your heart. And, I, and the other question I think women should ask themselves is how much will I regret passing on sex if I never hear from him again? And, you know, I think this is a common concern, but the other part of it is if you really think you need to have sex to keep a relationship, is that really a relationship you want? Because most guys are willing to wait a while if they're really into you to have sex. It's not like today's the day or forget it. There's two different things. You either, you're, you're either going to have some sort of relationship with a person. You may be friends with benefits. I mean, there's, there's so many different sorts of quote-unquote relationships, okay? You can, you can be looking for an actual relationship with a person. You could do like a friends with benefits sort of thing. You can have, I mean, or you can consciously just have a one-night stand with a person, okay? there, There is such a thing, and there's a lot of people that do that. So let's just, since we're kind of discussing this, why don't we just go ahead and discuss, should a woman go ahead and have a one-night stand? That's that's a question a lot of people think about, you know, whether it's when they're having money at the bar, whether they just kind of run into like an old friend or whatever, run into a total stranger. What are some of the pros and cons to think about if a woman's thinking about having a one-night stand? Well, you know, I think that these things are part of it. I think number one is, you know, when people think, well, the sex is going to be good, and that's the biggest pro. But, of course, there's no guarantee. <laughs> you don't know this person. It may be, it'll be good. It might not be. And, um I think the other thing sometimes is people are looking for a little bit more, like maybe they'll be a friend or maybe they'll be some kind of relationship there, and people aren't always honest with themselves about whether they want that. So, And, and I don't know that that happens super often. Um, so it seems it's more common that, it doesn't work out that way unless you've really known the person for a while or you've been super clear about your expectations from the beginning. Um, but I think for, for a lot of people, it, it doesn't work out. So it's, it's good to, be, to know yourself well enough and be honest with yourself about it, to know if that's something you can handle. Because there really are a lot of cons. I'm not a big fan because I think that... Um, there are definite problems um, in terms of sometimes you can't know the person well enough to really trust their answers. There are men who lie about their intentions, and there probably are women who lie as well, right? And, and, and then you're you know, kind of in a vulnerable position if you do feel somewhat attached to them. Um, I think... I think that the main thing I'm worried about kind of in a larger sense is that 
you're training, I think you're training a man, if you're willing to kind of go along with something that feels a little premature to you, I think you're training him to kind of take you for granted and maybe not treat you so well. And so sometimes I think relationships start out that way where, um, you know, the guy feels like, okay, she had sex with me, I don't have to work so hard anymore. And she feels like, oh, well, we're in a relationship now, so, you know, I can relax a little bit. Only it's, it doesn't go so well. So I think women sometimes do better, mostly do better when they really get to know the guy to see if he's going to stick around, if he's going to consistently treat her well, or if this is just a let me have a few dates and, and see what happens kind of thing. So I think overall women do better with a little bit of a courtship period where they really get to know, is this somebody I can trust? Does he really want a relationship with me or not? And so on the relationship level, I think it often works better. And also I'm just concerned about on a kind of global societal kind of level. I mean, are we lowering all the expectations for men about how we want to be treated? We're basically saying, well, casual sex is no big deal, but now I want a commitment and all the guys are used to casual sex, or, you know, many of them, of course, not all of them, you know, not all guys are into that at all. But and there are some areas, especially like some college campuses and these kind of things where, the hookup culture is it. So these girls don't have a lot of options because um, this is kind of the, the environment. So I'm just not sure that, in a global sense, is good for women. There was an article in Vanity Fair last year about the use of uh, dating apps like Tinder, and they were talking about what was going on in New York with all these men, you know, having like notches on their belt and feeling like they didn't didn't have to do much to get sex with women and how all the women were really upset they couldn't find a man. I don't think that's good for, for women. So I'm worried about it. There are some women that are interested in casual sex, not super casual so what if they're not looking for a, a serious relationship at the time? Well, I think I think the question isn't what if they're not looking for a serious relationship, but the question is more what are they looking for? Because to do it as okay. a default, like, well, I, I don't have any relationship goals at all. Is that what they're saying? Are they saying, you know, I don't care about treating, treated badly my men? or I feel like these men are treating me well when I hook up with them. I mean, this is the problem that I'm not clear about because um, okay. I think being your own brand of sexy is figuring out what is it that you do want because there are plenty of women out there hooking up who don't feel good about it, and they aren't even clear. You know, um, there was one on the Internet I was reading. You know, I'm chatting with this woman um, about it, and she's – saying like, well, you know, I like sex, so I get treated differently by men because I like sex. But I don't think that's really the problem. I think the problem is more, um, you know, do you get to know the guy well enough to know how you're going to be treated? So if these women are okay with having casual sex and if they absolutely don't want any relationships with men and you know, they don't feel like these guys are treating them badly and they are completely happy with it, that's one thing. But there are plenty of women who feel like they've, 
you know, they don't see the option of waiting a long time to get to know the person, and so they're kind of feeling rejected and hurt and angry about the situation. So I think part of it is really being clear about where you are. Okay, okay. Yeah, because there there is definitely a difference between being treated badly and and being treated respectful. Okay, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, so you clarified what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay, that works well together. Okay, how do women get sucked in by, I love the way you worded this, how do women get sucked in by toxic men like narcissists and players, and how can you tell a guy is trouble before getting your heart broken? <laughs> that's, such, that's such a colorful question you've got. <laughs> well, women do get sucked in because these guys can be really charming and um, attractive as well. And often there is a lot of sexual chemistry that's going on because a lot of these men, you know, are really interested in sex. So it can have a very charged atmosphere. And unless women are really kind of aware of the warning signals and not making excuses for them, they can get sucked in pretty easily. So it's really important to be trying to listen to your instincts. Like if a guy is, you know, spending all his time talking about himself and not asking her questions, that's a bit of a red flag, right? And right. Um, and also, if you have a day with a player, he may be flirting with the waitress at dinner. So you don't want to overlook something like that. And some of these narcissistic men feel really entitled, like, you know, they don't mind torturing the um, staff at the restaurant so that they can get a better table with a window and even when they're really busy. So, you know, it's just good to be thinking about what are the things that make you feel uncomfortable about your date and don't let just the sexual chemistry override um, and blind you to the other things. But I think that this is the other reason why having a casual sex society can be a problem, right, is that the longer you take to have sex with these men, the more, you know, you make them wait, the more likely they are to kind of disappear because that's not what they're looking for, right? They're not really into you. They're in a hurry for sex or they, um, they want a new conquest. So when you really get to know them, then you usually prevent yourself from having it blow up in your face. I like to call it a, a microwave romance, you know, one that progresses at lightning speed but explodes in your face. I was going to ask you next what a microwave romance was. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, microwave romance. <laughs> it must be fast. <laughs> fast and hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, well, in... I had had a good friend, and actually he was he was my best friend, my my brother's best friend, and and he was really cute and and very charismatic, and and he always had lots of girls around him, and and all this. But I mean, he was he was such a dog. He was just such a dog, you know. And and he any any girl that liked him, he treated her horrible. And I, I was, you know, I gave him such a hard time about it all the time because I mean. It was always about him, and he'd be out with a beautiful girl, and he'd be flirting with the waitress. And I'm like, would you just pay attention to your date, you know? He's like, well, but 
But, you know, I've got to spread it around. I went, no, you don't. You just don't. I've got to what? Spread it around? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's unfair of me to keep all this wonderfulness to just one girl. It's like, ah, you're such a pig, you know? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, best friends with one of his, his ex-girlfriends. And we're actually still friends to this day. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah. These guys are really hard to be uh, girlfriends with. So it's really important for women to remember that when the chemistry is going on at the, at the beginning, huh? Yeah, we we decided the one good thing about her dating him is she learned all the things she didn't want in a husband. Yeah. <laughs> she, she she says, I, I made my little list of everything he did that I hated, and, and then when I found the, the person I wanted to marry, he didn't have any of those traits. I said, oh, good, 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 good. So, but that her, her husband has none of those traits whatsoever, and they, they're they very, very happy to go. Oh, that's great. Yes, yes. So. So she's the anti-him, or her husband's the anti-him, the other guy. So how can women avoid the microwave romance and keep themselves from being burned? So taking it slow is a big way, and also, which I just talked about, but also this whole media thing. You know, I, I don't know if you're aware, Nikki, that most of the movies and the um, TV shows and this kind of thing are produced by men. So we've got this, you know, male-oriented, you know, media teaching us how women should behave, and we see it as normal. So if we can't relate to it, like, ooh, you know, we think, well, what's wrong with me that I don't look like that or I'm not acting like that or whatever. So we've got a real um, message machine of you should be sexy and sexual. And women need to be able to realize that that's, just somebody trying to sell you something, right? And it, it isn't necessarily even the norm. It's just what they're, you know, promoting as the norm. So it's important to figure out what's right for you as an individual. And this whole three-date rule thing is so bad for women. So there's, there's nothing good about that for women. There's no reason you have to decide in three dates if you're going to have sex with a man or not. Any guy who's not willing to wait longer than that probably isn't, it's just not going to work out with them. So hmm. um, I don't. I don't. I think that's not a good rule. A guy who's really into you is going to wait to have sex till you're comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, he's not going to disappear in three days. I don't think. But women are. All, you know, this is the problem. There's a whole book about women trying to figure out if guys into them or not. This is the biggest way to figure it out. Yeah, I. I'm. I, I don't know. I. Just, so tired of the, like the, the the dating rules and this rules and that rules uh, whatever so so oh this is good I'm I'm very big on communication okay I I'm just big on the fact that people need to learn how to communicate with one another okay because I, I well and I I just said in the show last week that that I think we're in an age where the younger people haven't learned to communicate, and the people that are older have forgotten how to communicate. <laughs> not ev- not everybody, not everybody, but a really big percentage of people either haven't learned or have forgotten. Okay, so what is the most effective way to communicate with a man? Well, I'm I'm a big uh, communication fan as well, so I'm really glad you're asking me about this. I think that the best way is to make it short and sweet. You know, I think in our culture we're 
we're living in this society where people go on and on about their feelings, and that's all fine and good. But it may not work with a man when you're talking about something that you don't like that he did, right? So it's better to find um, a short and sweet way to say it or just say no thanks, right? You don't have to get into why you don't want to do it because men get overwhelmed much more easily with intense feelings than women do. So you don't want to overwhelm a guy. You know, you want to kind of have fun with him and you don't want to emphasize the negatives you want to emphasize the positives because it's just going to be more fun for everybody so i think we're sometimes forgetting about that so you know apparently like the foremost dreaded words in the english language for language for men are we need to have a talk right so this is why women just don't go well you know I feel the psychiatry world likes I language, you know, where you start with I feel or I don't like that or, you know, I'm uncomfortable when you say things like that. But sometimes you don't even need that. If a guy is asking you to drive an hour to go have a date with him, you could just say, well, you know, that doesn't work for me. Or casual sex doesn't work for me. That's the end of it. Get to the point. <laughs> yeah get to the point. That's four words. There you go. And then you give him the opportunity to come up with something else. Well, how about I drive to you? And you don't want to go on and I look, well, you know, my last boyfriend did that and blah, blah. (laughs) It's not not fun for him or you. No. Uh, Well, that's like I was was working with a client and his wife the other day and I said, said, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to journal and I, I don't care what happened from yesterday back to the day you were born. I don't care, okay? Journal about from this moment forward. He's like, but what about, I don't care. But what about, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) If it happened prior to me meeting you, I don't care about it. We're going to go from right now forward. He's like, but what about, no, don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep this positive from right now forward. You know, because everything we talked about had an excuse, and it all went for something that happened prior to, you know, and in an old, bad relationship. So, no, we're going to go from right now forward. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, interesting. So, and, and, you know, you mentioned that sometimes having a talk can just backfire for people. Sometimes it, that that's just not the way to go. Is that because we, we tend to mention things that, Maybe we didn't want to, or we delve into territory that we shouldn't have, or we bring up exes that maybe we don't want to talk about, or are there other reasons that that backfires for us? Well, I think one of the major ways is that women can go on too long and men get overwhelmed and anxious, you know. It's upsetting to them. But I think there are all those other ways as well because – you know, you don't, sometimes women are nervous about something and they want to bring it up right then. And what I'm hearing a lot of is women who um, they might ask, start grilling the men on their first date about what are their intentions and what happened to their last relationship and, and a lot of that. And I think women feel a little more empowered if they know and they kind of want to know where they stand right from the beginning. And 
I understand, you know, you you want to know where you stand, but it really makes these men feel uncomfortable. So yeah. I think if you're just on like a first date, you want to get a second date. You want to have some rapport with somebody. It's not the most important thing to find out what happened with his last relationship. You want to find out if you had fun together and if he even wants to go out with you again. So in my mind, that worries me about communicating um, when you're worried about something. It, a lot of women just have trouble being fun and relaxing. And, and you know, there's this expert on um, marriage, Dr. John Gottman, and he says that marriages do better when there are like five positive things going on in the relationship for every one negative. And these couples that head for divorce have way more negatives. So you don't want to start it out having it be negative. The guy wants to be with somebody who he can relax and have fun with, not that he's got to feel like he's being um, interrogated. Yes, definitely. Yes, that would not be the way to start things. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got a section in the book under media and peer pressure and all this. I, I love the, the peer pressure section because it, it's unreal all the directions peer pressure comes from. But you've got a section called Men Are Struggling Too. You want to tell us a little bit about that? It's not, a, it's not a big section, but it's an important section. Yes, I think that, unfortunately, men, are, things have changed for men, too, but men are still under tons of pressure to be manly and now sensitive at the same time. What is that, right? You know, they wonder what is expected of them as well and wonder what being masculine means. Should they insist on picking up the check, even though she makes more money? Can they make a move without being accused of harassment? And if they say no to sex, will rumors fly that they're gay? They don't know what women want, and sometimes they're just trying to please us. So, you know, a guy who offers to, to split the check sometimes, the woman won't like that, and, and she'll be like, well, you know, she might offer to pay to test him to see where he stands, and he may just go along with it because he thinks that's what she wants to do. They can't figure out what we want anymore because we're so confused about it. So every woman they go out with might be different. Right. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't thought about some of the things you mentioned there, and, and I feel like if I go out with somebody, I should say, okay, if, if I offer to do something, I'm not testing you. I'm being sincere. <laughs> you know, just, wow. I don't know, man. It, the, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's hard. It's hard on, on all of us, really, that, that the rules have been thrown out. I mean, it's good in a way not to be completely like you have no no say in how you act with people, but it also does create a lot of problems for people to figure out where you stand in all kinds of little situations. Uh, I just, I've, I've been floored by the comments I get from, from people over the years, from, from guys, and, you know, and, and especially when they're like, okay, I've, I've never been treated, I, I've never had a woman actually ask my opinion and what I think or what I want to do, and, and I mean, I've, I went out with a guy and I had... I had his daughter come up to me and say, I've, I've never, my mother never treated my dad respectfully. That floored me. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, so I'm just sad. 
it just, I mean, the things that I've had people tell me over the years, like I said, between guys I dated and their kids and this kind of stuff, it just, it is sad. I mean, it's no wonder I ended up wanting to do coaching stuff with people because it's just, it's just sad. It's just, just the things I personally have encountered and seen with people that I know and people I've gone out with, it's just, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, okay, now this this is a loaded one, and we obviously could have done hours on this one question, but I'm, I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> so, why are so many pe- women unhappy with their appearance, and what can we do about it? <laughs> well, I love this question, because... When I started, even after I wrote the book and the book came out, I started researching the percent of women who are unhappy with their appearance because I have a ton of stuff in the book, of course, about how much we spend on cosmetics and plastic surgery and all that. But that, That's Lord me. <laughs> but, but apparently the percent of women who are unhappy with their appearance is 56%. That is mm. huge. And we know eating disorder rates are going up and plastic surgery rates and 10-year-old girls are going on diets and all this kind of stuff. So it's not getting better. <laughs> it's really mm. a big, big problem. It, apparently the current ideal body type is the most unattainable in, uh, uh, forever, you know, like we're getting so that it's more unattainable. More people have to have plastic surgery to get this. So it's no wonder that we're unhappy with our appearance because we're seeing all these gorgeous women on, you know, television and 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 movies, and we think we should be looking like that to be sexy and sexual. And we think being sexy and sexual is kind of like the super important thing instead of realizing how important our inner beauty is and and not having to focus so much on our imperfections. So I think part I think part of the problem too is that women are doing this not even for men. I mean, men don't want women to be as thin as women think <laughs> uh men want them to be. So this is somewhat uh created by women. And I don't know if you've gotten to the part of my book where I'm talking about Christina Hendricks, that gorgeous woman on Mad Men, the redhead, yeah. the voluptuous, gorgeous woman. And, you know, people were calling her fat because she wasn't a size zero or two like the rest of the women in Hollywood. And, of course, who is pressuring her to adapt to these unrealistic standards? It's women. Men don't seem to have a problem with her. So... I think we need to, women need to start supporting each other and doing what's right for each of us as individuals instead of exerting pressure to conform. And this is, I think, where we need to bring back some kind of sisterhood. And people are telling me, well, you know, that's naive and women will always be competitive and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think we're at a different place now than we've ever been when 56% of women are like this. And you know that if we're training these younger girls to think this and to go on diets, the numbers are just going to get higher. Yeah. Yeah, I I was reading through that and I, I... I Googled her just so I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> wow. Wow. It just, it's ridiculous. Why? You know, and, and I don't remember, I mean, I remember thinking, like, um, and I, I grew up when, you know, Charlie's Angels was on, and I remember thinking they were all beautiful and, and all this sort of thing, but I don't ever remember thinking that I had to look like any of them. 
I mean, maybe it was just me, you know. And I mean, I, I've always been tall, and and you know, at one point, I I I always have wanted to be thinner, but I I don't ever remember thinking I had to emulate any of them, that I had to be that size, that I had to be that skinny. I wanted to be skinnier just because I wasn't happy with the size I was. But I don't ever, and I remember a lot of pressure from from my mom and my grandmothers and all this, but I I don't ever remember it being that obsessive in, in feeling that I had to emulate any star. I mean, I remember thinking they were beautiful, but I don't remember. I don't remember being that. You didn't feel pressure to go. No, no, one. Do I don't something ever, about it. Yeah, I never felt that way. Maybe I was just weird or unusual. Unusual. That was well, it. Well, <laughs> maybe it's just getting worse. Nikki. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Strange, but yeah. Actually, um, I've got a, a program I called "Learn to Love, Accept, and Respect Yourself," and it's a it's a twelve part program. And one of the one of the sections we did was um, about body image and learning to accept and love your body the way it is. Understanding we all have flaws and there's things we can improve, especially you know health wise and that kind of thing. But you know, accepting your body and loving yourself even with your flaws, because I mean there is there is so much. And so many issues that people have with their body, and it's—I mean—it's—it's it's a big issue for people. It is, and I think partly it probably has to do with how your mother and father handled it as well. You know, did they comment on your body, or you know, what oh, did yeah. they tell you about it, and that kind of thing? And um, and and that's why it's so important for women to be more aware of the messages they're sending their daughters today, because a lot of them are, you know, looking in the mirror, complaining about how fat they are, and that's sending a direct message to their daughter about how to feel about herself. You know what, yeah, I, I dealt with, like I said, a lot of that with my mom and then both my grandmothers too. I, I did a show ages ago with a mother and then with her stepdaughter. And what I did is I interviewed them separately, okay? And what she had done is her stepdaughter was taller than normal, which I can thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate. And she was also a plus-size model. And what she did to help her with, with some self-esteem issues she had, dealing with being, being taller and then being heavier too, is she got her into doing some modeling and some beauty pageants and this kind of thing to help her to, to build up her self-esteem and her confidence. And it's done wonders for her. And so what I did is I interviewed both of them on um, how it was working from the mother's perspective and from the daughter's perspective. It was a really cool interview. And, and it, was, it was neat to hear both of their perspectives on how it had worked and, and what it had done. And one of the really neat points that she brought out I hadn't thought about was not only how she talked to her daughter, but how she talked about herself that her daughter heard. She says, no matter how much I talked to her and told her she was beautiful just the way she was, she says, it dawned on me one day how I talked about myself and my own body. She says, because if I told her she was beautiful, but then I bashed my body and said that I looked bad being overweight, she hurt me. She (laughs) says, if I told her she looked beautiful being overweight, but I said that I looked bad being overweight, what did that say to her? That's a good point. Yeah, it's a mixed message yeah. if you don't so, give the same message to your daughter and yourself, huh? Exactly. Like I said, this is a good, good point I hadn't even thought about. I was like, you know what? You got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we we got we to gotta think about these things. 
Okay, so we are actually just about out of time. I knew it was going to fly by. <laughs> you want to let the listeners know how they can find you? If you just want the website name, it's beyourownbrandofsexy.com. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was so wonderful to get to chat with you about all these things. It was it was great having you. And definitely check out her website. I actually just went on her website earlier, and I signed up for her newsletter. And she's she's got uh, another uh, giveaway with I think it was it was dating tips. I got that. I actually I signed up for it. I haven't got it yet because we started recording before I, I got to go over and get that. Yeah, there's and a quiz if you want to find out if you're being your own brand of sexy. That's what it was. That's, that's it. Part that's from it. the it's from the book. Part of part of the book. That's it. Oh, and and she's got she's got a neat quiz in the back where she she introduces you to to what was it Tardy Tardy Ted and and I, I forget who they were, but she's got cute names for the different people. Um, let me see, Bold Brandon. Oh yeah, the dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you handle different dating situations? And then you can fit Bold Brandon, Proposing Pete, Not Exclusive yep. Eric. Yep, yep. I was I was reading through those earlier too. So neat, neat stuff. But highly recommend the book. So excited that you like it, Nikki. But very interesting. Like I said, I I love that, and I think it's definitely time to start a new sexual revolution. We need to do it better this time. Need better execution. <laughs> so. Definitely. Definitely. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some great information and enjoyed our talk about developing your own brand of sexy. Don't let anybody tell you how you have to be. Be your own self, love yourself the way you are, and have your own brand of sexy. And if you want to hear the replay or get more information about Dr. Edelman, you can go to lovecoachjourney.com slash brand of sexy. And anytime that you want to go to the archives, the link is at the bottom of any of my uh, promotional images. It's also linked on my archive page on the website, which is lovecoachjourney.com slash archive. You can find that there. Like I said, or the link is at the bottom of any of my promotional images on the website. And also on that page, you can go and near the top of the page, right below the logo picture, you can put in your email and you'll be notified every time a new show uh, airs on Thursday night. And right around 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock uh, Pacific, you'll get an email That'll tell you the new show that came out and give you a link right to the archive site to hear that show. And, of course, you can uh, also access any of the other shows that are there. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you have a great week. And I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.